0: Hi hey everybody, it's Rob Shapiro from In The Mind Of. Today I have a special guest, uh, Martin Langus, and I'm pretty, pretty excited to have Martin. Uh, Martin is the founder and director of the Institute of Orthopedic Manual Therapy. Uh, he graduated in 82 in Germany, and then he went on to do his fellowship with uh, pretty big names in our field, Olaf Evans and Freddy Coltenborn. And uh, as he would say, he stood on, stood on the shoulders of giants, came to the US, started the uh, IOMT, Institute of Orthopedic Manual Therapy in 93, and we were fortunate enough to have him join us as well in 2016 with Professional and ProX. And right now, um, Martin is operating the Level 1, Level 2 classes out of Woburn, Massachusetts. Um, for me, it's pretty exciting. I always kind of, I'm a Yankee fan, so we talk about this where I, you know, saying meeting Martin is like for me meeting Jeter. You know, for you guys who are Yankee people, Jeter's a, you know, a big name. And uh, Martin has been that. He's uh, kind of studied with them, amazing people. And to meet him as a person, it's just been uh, just a pleasure to, to talk to and work with. So, Martin, thank you for so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, you know, in this COVID time, I have plenty of time and uh, it's nice to get up and <laughs> put a shirt on with a collar for, for a good reason. So, thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> That's right. Great. Now, what, did I miss anything? I went through what I had as your intro, anything yeah. about your history? that you want? To-
1: That's true. Um, as a young therapist, I was very, very lucky to to get a job uh, with Olaf Evjent and his practice in Oslo. Uh, that's where the National Manual Therapy uh, um, program was, was run at the time. And um, I was, uh, there were 35 uh, therapists there. So I had access to all these people who had already taken um, the, the education. and. Um, uh, of course, access to Ura Febind and Freddie Coltenborn at the time, he had moved to Germany so um, but he was in Norway many, many times a year so whenever he came he would come and do uh, the teaching at the course um, so yeah I was very very lucky to to be in an environment where everybody was interested in uh, improving themselves and I had uh, mentors left and right uh, uh, not only uh, you know in classroom but watching people treat next to me, listening to people, treating over there and, and learning things on the daily. So I was very, very lucky to be in that situation, for sure. And um, when I left uh, after six years um, and moved to America, um, I was uh, also lucky to, uh, with the fact that Ula uh, would come to America every summer for a month and he would go to a few different places and he would come uh, to see me and teach with me and so i had access to his mentorship for uh, uh you know over 20 years um after i moved here so um yes yeah, so i've been very very lucky to to be around those giants those pioneers so to speak
0: yeah right so it's interesting so we, we've talked about this before um it seems like therapists today probably don't know his names as much as like, I kind of studied in my years of who did this, who brought this, but um, Colton Bard and all Evans were the guys who brought, I mean, the therapist will know it's, it's, it's the guides and the roles and, you know, things that part of manual therapy yeah. that we, you know, we think about is is coming. So it's interesting to that. And, and you know, I know uh, unfortunately they both passed the last two years and uh, I guess, depending on you and people like Eric, et cetera, to kind of keep this alive. And, you know, it's pretty interesting to, to see yeah. it, and from you, a student has to be a, an amazing.
1: Yeah, so uh, it's up to the next generation, and you know, a lot of time has gone by, and and uh, you know, uh, I think it's important for people to know the roots, and you know, just realize what Maitland did, Mackenzie um, uh, did, you know, there's a lot of people uh, who contributed to what. Uh, orthopedic manual physical therapy is today. It wasn't only, um, you know, Colton, Born, and Evian, but and I think as the years went by, you know, they, they all kind of combined the knowledge and shared knowledge, so uh, it's very different today than it was 25 years ago, I think. So uh, mm-hmm. and, and we have to remember that. How is, uh, hmm? Go ahead.
0: No, I was saying, how is things, as far as you know, we always talk about teaching. How have you yeah. changed your teaching method in the last 20, 30 years, 30 years at least, right? Have you um, switched how you've done it or have you?
1: Yes. So when I first came here, um, you know, uh, people were starred for manual therapy. So that was 1990. Um, so people really were interested in learning uh, manual therapy, how to use their hands and how to mobilize, how to manipulate. And uh, so I was kind of catering to that and probably at the time, taught more techniques. Uh, Also, of course, that was easier back then because teaching in English after uh, learning it in German and Norwegian uh, was a challenge. And um, and, and my English was even worse back then. So so then uh, after a while, I realized that the other things that goes along with manual therapy is patient education and how to empower the patients to a, not hurt himself, B, uh, take care of themselves so that uh, all the things that led them into trouble, um, so they have to come and see us, were taken care of. So more and more, I changed um, the emphasis uh, uh, on teaching the therapist how to teach the patients to t- take care of themselves. So in other words, patient education. So that's a really, really strong and important part of our concepts that uh, we, need to, we need to get the patients on board to take care of themselves. And then very many good things happen, for sure, yes.
0: Right, I think that's some of the hardest part. I think the techniques in the beginning are the hard and really patient management, right? We could do all the great techniques and manipulations, but if we can't manage the patient, I think is what, you know, when it, we kind of watched you teach and listened to you teach, it's, you know, I'm amazed how much, how much time, in a good way, how much time you put into that for your students. And then when I talk to them, you know, other therapists who have been with you, you could see the management part, you know, how they kind of taking it on and that's part of what, what they do, you know, based on your teaching. I, so.
1: um, I think, you know, I've had uh, uh, students now, when I say students, they're all, of course, all practicing licensed physical therapists, but I think uh, all these years, so it's been almost 28 years. Um, the general feedback I get after the course is how much they got out of uh, the education part and that the techniques were good and you know when we need uh, to mobilize or manipulate the techniques are good but how much they get out of the education on a daily basis that's been you know uh, a big part of the, the, the feedback I get from from teaching these courses so so that makes me happy because that's how I practice for sure yeah
0: right so what if you had a new therapist coming out what kind of what do you give them? What thoughts? What kind of give them some kind of advice? Like, where do you start? Yeah, you know, there's so much to learn, and is there a place to start?
1: Yeah, it, it's hard to be a new therapist. You know, the the zero to three. You know, they come out. They they gone to school for six and a half years. That they, they learn so much about so many things, and you know, the if they sh- start in musculoskeletal, um, you know, they still need to learn more and. It can be stressful and is volume-based because we we, we got to make sure we we uh, the business goes. Uh, put put the the computer on top of that. Uh, we have to make the computer happy. So so I always tell the patient to the, the new therapist uh, try to seek uh, post-professional. Education um, any way you can. Try to find a mentor. Try to be around people you can learn from on a regular basis, not only weekend courses here and there, uh, if possible. Just being around them so you can ask questions. You can learn from just watching. Um, yeah. And then um, try, try to try to think, not turn onto autopilot. So every patient is different. That's so. Those are the things that are I think are important uh, to to get to a level where it's fun to go to work Monday morning and we all get tired and want some time off but but every day in the practice as a physical therapist should be fun even though it's it can be busy you know so if you reach that plateau then right. it's it's a great profession I think
0: yeah right so what do like so people who haven't level one and level two like what what are, what goes into those courses so that Series
1: like so. Uh, level one, level, level one is yeah. Level one is a part-time course. It's uh, twice a week, four hours. So it's eight hours a week. Um, so it's lecture, lab, um, and then for twelve weeks. And then um, four of the eight hours are supervised uh, patient care in in our clinics. And then the rest is in lecture and, and lab. And so we cover. Uh, everything from uh, the extremities uh, to the spine, jaw, and, and um, in lab and, and lectures, and um, then the, the the second year is open for those who have uh, completed level one, and um, so then the big difference is we spend it's a smaller group and we spend more time probably with the high, high velocity uh, techniques uh, in addition to seeing more patients together. So it's kind of building mm-hmm. on the first year. So we, 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 we cover, um, you know, uh, all, all the different areas of the musculoskeletal uh, system. Yes.
0: Right. Do you have a thought? What do you think the future of PT is? Do you have that? I know it's a little deeper <laughs> this morning, but like thoughts of where we're going. Oh, will there be, hard question, will right? be I, you I, know, I honestly hope not. There's that,
1: yeah. I need some coffee to answer that question, but. Um, yeah, I would say. Future of PC. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think there will always, you know, we'll get over this pandemic in some way, one way or another, uh, sometime. There might be a new normal for sure, but I think that there's such a demand for our services, um, you know, not only the aging population but even the young and middle-aged people they don't understand how their body works they will get in trouble they will need our expertise um, in how how to get out of trouble and and do better and function better because that's our we are movement experts Um, we're not technicians so there will be I think a a big demand for what we can uh, service people with for sure so it might look different than it has up to now, but I, I think I'm not afraid of the profession, uh, you know, going downhill or So, or just right. turning it's into the, it. A, a video Zoom uh, thing that I don't, I don't think so. So we should be optimistic. Yeah, I'm
0: hoping that, yeah. I'm hoping telemedicine is just a component and not, you know, definitely don't want the new norm. Nothing like hands-on and be able to feel things and, and touch sure. people, even if it's but, but, touching uh, through emotion, active motion, yeah. as opposed to. Yeah.
1: But I'm meeting with my students. Yeah, I'm meeting with my students now uh, online once a week. And uh, uh, one of my students was telling me about a patient he did uh, examine bef- before the shutdown, and now it's off to, off to telemedicine. And he was into this uh, situation where. There was so much pain in the morning when he got out of bed and they'd been going over that so so he said well why don't you take the camera into the bedroom and show me and then when it did that uh the patient rolled out of bed or sat up did fine and as he goes to get up he leans towards his table and get up and gets all this pain and that's a situation where if we didn't have the camera there you wouldn't see it so i think i think the camera could have a role In, in in the future, like he said, well, every morning or when I do this, well, why don't we Zoom and, or do whatever telehealth and show me that particular, let me see it and then I'll give it. Because when you practice things in the practice, that might look fine, but but things are slightly different. So there might be a, a, some right. good things that comes out of this, I think, yeah.
0: Interesting, yeah, very interesting. Um, is there anything else, anything we missed? Anything you can think about, like uh, any pearls of wisdom Going forward
1: <laughs> no I, I just think that for the younger therapist uh, like I said before um, it, it's tough being inexperienced and and the way forward is to seek more help to get better uh, um, you know education mentorship um, like I said before if you get to a certain level of comfort where you feel comfortable with uh most people who come in through the door i can handle this i can handle that i've seen that um then it's such a great job and and if you don't have that yeah. that's a tough job that's a tough job i i i was maybe uh, on my way out of the profession um before i met uh calton born Evie, and Evian and then i saw oh my goodness there's so much more to learn and um you know i never looked back and and uh you know, I think
0: right. I have the best uh, job in the world treating patients. Yeah. I understand. So, yeah, the good, the most interesting part is the, the mentoring we're finding. The more we do since we, you know, we've gone with, uh, you know, pro and you guys. And I've seen it. We've kind of developed more education. But seeing you and what you've got, your program and, you know, what it's done for the therapists who have gone through it, the mentoring is huge. When I did my residency, it was the same thing. You don't realize how much you learn until you watch somebody next to you you know, and kind of see yeah. what they did and see how they handle even situations, you know, I have situations where people can't handle a patient and you, somebody else does a really nice job of kind of bringing the patient back in and you look, like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll, I should do that. That's yeah. the hardest part. A lot of our clinics sometimes are have like one therapist coming, one going, but making the time for mentorship is a huge.
1: I think that's uh, a, and, and, and it's, you know, it, it makes the younger therapists so much happier and and optimistic and uh, so i think if possible that's a very good strategy to to have mentorship uh available to 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 the younger therapists for sure that's that's how i started to improving and and growing and you never stop growing you never stop learning and Mm -hmm. um, even in my situation where i teach a lot i learned so much from teaching so um right you know every day win-win situation for sure yeah Right. same thing i'm almost done
0: one more cl- two more classes left for my doctorate so i'm still learning i got two more I have evidence-based practice and my capstone so I, you know i'm still there learning uh, you know hanging out with you when i come up there it's my excitement is to come let see what martin's doing so i appreciate the time this morning enjoy your coffee and uh, we'll hopefully we'll talk more soon
1: sounds good and uh, right. and uh, thank you again for having me